0: I think that was Big River Cree, I just lost my page. Good morning. Oof, it is snowy in the Land of Enchantment this morning. And then it's late in the morning too, I'm just being lazy man. Just lazy today. But I was all psyched when it was snowing. Oh yeah, that was Big River Cree. Migwitch Big River Cree for your for your drum and for that sidestep. Get me moving and warmed up right now. <laughs> so anyways, um Geez, I was all happy because I woke up this morning and, well, it was snowing since yesterday. And then I was bummed out to hear that the snow was going to stop because it's so pretty when it snows. Why is it so pretty when it snows? And why is it so pretty when it turns green and when it turns orange? You know? It's white. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. i um, uh. feeling better these days Mm. happy black history month to them to them afro-indigenous indians (laughs) you know i have to to acknowledge that too um so anyways um i was all psyched because i get to tell stories there's actual snow on the ground (laughs) yay and um i went into um i went into jeez it's called uh, sacredtext.com sacredtext.com and um it's got a series of um stories or you know it's got a bunch of stories that 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 are there from um excuse me from Ojibwe, from Ojibwe people. Um, you know, they have I don't understand how it's laid out, but I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read a story to you. Because it's a story time, and I'm so happy I can I can actually say a story. Um, I used to have a good story. And I, I got tired of telling it because it's the only story I had, and it was about how uh, how chipmunk lost its tail, and that one was cute because I can't remember where I got it from. All I all I do know remember is that it was out of a book, but it was an Indian it was an Indian tale, and um, bear. Bear would always come crashing through the morning, saying he was the biggest and he was the strongest and everybody did what he said. And causing ruckus in in those days Chipmunk had a tail like uh the way Squirrel does. And <clears throat> And he got tired of listening to bear brag. He got tired of listening to bear crash and destroy the morning's silence and the beauty of it all, you know. <clears throat> and uh, one one morning he tells bear, "I know somebody who doesn't do what you say." And bear says, "Nonsense! That's 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 a lie." I'm the biggest, and I'm the strongest, and everybody does what I say, or whatever, you know, some some little braggart like that, and uh, Chipmunk says, I know somebody who doesn't, and he says, for real, he says, the sun doesn't, the sun doesn't listen to nobody, the sun rises every morning, and it goes down every evening, and there's nothing you can do about it, the sun doesn't. Sun doesn't listen to anybody, and he won't listen to you bear bear got some kind of way and said i i can i can make son not come up so him and him and chipmunk he said you want to see okay, we'll see said chipmunk, I know son sun doesn't listen to nobody, sun doesn't take orders from anybody, so the next day there comes bear man, and crashing through the woods, and disrupting the quiet morning, and today the sun won't rise, today the sun won't rise, and he's sitting, sitting at the edge there, looking out, waiting for the sun to come up, and You will not rise today, son. You will not rise today. And he's hollering his order at the bear, I mean, at the sun. And Chipmunk is sitting there patiently waiting for the sun to come up. Waiting for the sun to come up. And the sun peeks its first pretty red light through the darkness. And Bear hollers, you not come up today, son. And you'll, you'll not come up today, I tell you, you won't. You do what I say. And Chipmunk giggles and kind of laughs, and chuckles at Bear. And he says, Here comes the sun. Bear gets kind of angry, starts growling around a little bit more about it. He says it again, and and yet the sun keeps going man sun keeps coming on and the sky gets lighter and lighter finally, when bear realized that that chipmunk was right and he was wrong he turned around he chased chipmunk through the forest man and chipmunk's running running as fast as he can man and before he gets to his burrow bear At the same time he gets to the burrow, bear snags his tail between his sharp claws and cuts off his tail. Wow! that's where Chipmunk stayed in his burrow until his heel tailed and when his heel tailed he would realized that bear had caught what was big bushy tail, beautiful tail was gone. And that's how Chipmunk has a short tail. (laughs) <laughs> shoot. <laughs> I don't know I I've, I've lost it because I haven't told the story in so long but um I'm going to read you these ones that I found because they made me kind of chuckle and I thought they were cute. So maybe you guys can check it out like I said it's on sacredtexts.com. And uh this one's called um I guess there's there's a couple of them, I guess, all entwined from what I look at. And this one's Manabuju's Adventures. And it says, Lake St. Clair. Manabuju saw a number of ducks and he thought to himself, Just how am I going to kill them? After a while, he took out one of his pails and he started to drum and sing at the same time. And the words to the song he sang were... I am bringing new songs." When the ducks saw Manabuju standing near the shore, they swam toward him, and as soon as he saw this, he sent his grandmother ahead to build a little lodge where they could live. In the meantime, he killed a few of the ducks, so while his grandmother started to build a shelter, Manabuju went towards the lake where the ducks and the geese were floating, around and around. Manabuju jumped into a sack and then dived into the water, and the ducks and the geese were quite surprised to see that he was such an excellent diver. And came closer and closer. Then Manabuju challenged them to a contest at diving, and he said that he could beat them all. And the ducks all accepted the challenge. But Manabuju beat them. Then he went after the geese and beat them too. And for a time he was alternately diving and rising to the surface all around. Finally, he dived under the geese and they started and started to tie their legs together with basswood bark. And when the geese noticed this, they tried to rise and fly away, but they were unable to do so manabuju was hanging on the other end of the string these geese nevertheless managed to rise gradually dragging along with them manabuju and they finally emerged from the water and rose higher and higher into the air manabuju however hung on and would not let go until his hand was cut and the string broke Then, while walking along the river, he saw some berries in the water, and he dove down for them but was stunned when he unexpectedly struck the bottom. He lay there for quite a while, and when he recovered consciousness, looked up and saw the berries hanging on the tree just above him. (laughs) While Manabuju was once walking along a lake shore. Tired and hungry, he observed a long, narrow sandbar which extended far out into the water, around which were myriads of waterfowl, so Manabuju decided to have a feast. He had with him only his medicine bag, so he entered the brush and hung it up on a tree, now called Manabuju Tree. And produced the quantity of bark which he rolled into a bundle and placed it upon his back and returned to the shore where he pretended to pass slowly by inside of the birds. Some of the swans and ducks, however, recognizing Manabuju and becoming frightened, moved away from the shore. One of the swans called out, Ho Manabuju, where are you going? And to this, Manabuju replied, I'm going to have a song. As you may see, I have all my songs with me. <coughs> Manabuju called out to the birds, Come to me, my brothers, and let us sing and dance. The birds asserted and returned to the shore. And when all retreated to a short distance away from the lake to an open space where they might dance, Manabuju moved the bundle of bark from his back. placed it on the ground got out his singing sticks and said to the birds now all of you dance around me as i drum and sing as loudly sing as loudly as you can and keep your eyes closed the first one to open his eyes will forever have them red and sore Manabuju began to beat beat time upon his bundle of bark, while the birds, with their eyes closed, circled around him, singing loudly as they could. Keeping time with one hand, Manabuju suddenly grasped the neck of a swan, which he broke. But before he killed the bird, it screamed. Whereupon Manabuju said, That's right, brothers, sing as loudly as you can. Soon another swan fell victim. Then a goose and so on, until the number of birds till the number of birds was greatly reduced. and then the hell diver, opening his eyes to see why there was less singing than at first, and beholding Manabuju and the heap of victims, he cried out, "Mnaobuju is killing us! Manabuju is killing us!" and immediately ran to the water, followed by the remainder of the birds. As the hell diver was a poor run soon overtook him, and said, I won't kill you, but you shall always have red eyes, and be the laughingstock of all the birds. With this, he gave the bird a kick, <laughs> sending him far out to the lake, and knocking off his tail, so that the hell diver is red-eyed and tailless to this day. Manabuju then gathered up his birds and, taking them out upon the sandbar, buried them, some with their heads protruding, others with their feet sticking out of the sand. He then built a fire to cook the game, but as this would require some time, and as Manabuju was tired after his exertion, he stretched himself on the ground and fell asleep. In order to be informed if anyone approached, he slapped his thigh and said to it, You watch the birds and awaken me if anyone should come near them. Then, with his back to the fire, he fell asleep. After a while, a party of Indians came along in their canoes and seeing the feast in, the sto- in store, went to the sandbar and pulled out every bird which, which Manabuju had so carefully placed there put back the heads and the feet in such a way that there was no indication that the bodies had been disturbed. (laughs) When the Indians had finished eating, they departed, taking with them all the food that remained from the feast. Sometime afterward, Monobuzo awoke and, being very hungry, bethought himself to enjoy the fruits of his stratagem. In attempting to pull a bank, a banked swan from the sand, he found nothing but the head <coughs> and neck which he held in his hand. Then he tried another and found the body of that bird also gone. So he tried another and then another, but each time with disappointment. Who could have robbed him? he thought. Stuck his thigh and he asked, Who has been here to rob my feast? Did not I command you to watch? Excuse me. While I slept, did I not command you to watch while I slept? His thigh responded, I also fell asleep as I was very tired, but I see some people moving rapidly away in their canoes. Perhaps they were the thieves. So you see, they are very dirty and poorly dressed. I don't like that. Then Manabuju ran out to the point of the sandbar and beheld the people in their canoes just disappearing around a point of land. He called to them and revealed them, calling them, Winnebago, Winnebago. And by this term, the Menominee have ever since designated their thievish neighbors. <laughs> After Manabuju began traveling again, one time, he feasted on lots of animals. He killed a big bear, which was very fat, and he began cooking it. He made a very fire with his bow drill, and when he was ready to spread his meat, he heard two trees scraping together, and they swayed in the wind. He did not like the noise while he was having his feast, and he thought he could stop it. He climbed up one of the trees, and when he reached the spot, where the two trees were scraping his foot caught in a crack between the trees and he could not free himself when the first animal guest came along and saw manabuju in the tree he the beaver said the beaver said come on to the feast manabuju is caught and can't stop us (laughs) and then the other animals came and beaver jumped into the grease and ate it and otter did the same and that is why they are so fat in the belly Beaver scooped up the grease and smeared it on himself. And that is the reason why he is so fat now. All the small animals came and got fat for themselves. Last of all, the animals came rabbit. When nearly all the grease was gone, only a little left. So he puts them on the nape of his neck and some on his groin. And for this reason, he has only a little fat in those places. So all the animals got their fat except rabbit. Then they all went. Poor Manabuju got free at last and he looked around and found a bear's skull that was all cleaned except for the brain. And there was only a little of that left, but he couldn't get at it. Then he wished himself to be changed into an ant in order to get into the skull and to get fat enough to eat, for there was only an ant's about an ant's meal left then he became an ant and entered the skull when he had enough he turned back into man but he had his head inside the skull this allowed him to walk but not to see on account of this he had no idea where he was he felt the trees he said one he said to one What are you? It answered, Cedar. He kept doing this with all the trees in order to keep his course. And when he got too near the shore, he knew it by the kind of trees he met. So he kept walking. And the only tree that did not answer promptly was the black spruce. And it said, I'm black spruce. Sesen gandak. The m- Then Manabuju knew he was on low ground and came to a lake. But he did not know how large it was as he couldn't see. He started to swim across. An Ojibwe was paddling on the lake with his family and he heard someone calling, Hey, there's a bear swimming across the lake. <laughs> Manabuju became frightened at this and the Ojibwe then said, He's getting near the shore now. So Manabuju swam faster, and as he could understand the Ojibwe language, he guided himself by the cries, and he landed on a smooth rock and slipped and broke the bear's skull, which fell off his head. Then the Ojibwe cried out, that's not a bear, that's Monobuju." Monobuju was all right, now he could see, and he ran off. He didn't want to stay with these people. <laughs> and that is the end of that amen those are some pretty cool little stories oh my goodness i was i had to read them because i don't have any of my own but they came from somewhere once upon a time long ago and far away i guess I don't know what this little. See, like this one, it says Sacred Text, Native American Indian, the whole index, previous next. Oh, huh. This one was chapter three, and it was Trickster Tales. Oh my God, that guy's all coughing. Um. Yeah, I guess it was mem it says here memoirs of the Geological Survey of Canada and Anthro- anthropological stories. And I guess it came in different episodes, I guess. B and A, B, C, and D, Menominee, and Ojibwe. And Tagami. Tamagami, Tamagami, Ojibwe. Also. Hmm foreign to me but still native american nonetheless anyways i was all psyched to be able to read these because it was story time and um shoot i i know that my grandma used to say stories and the kids used to tell me that um my little cousins used to tell me that she would use her the the stuffed animals to say the stories and to and that she would relate the stories in Ojibwe <laughs> how fun I remember my grandma, but yeah, so there it is for that for now i I um, I don't know what I expect from some of these stories, you know what I mean, being that, I never you know one of them was really short, like um on that one where. where he dove into the water after some berries and then he he knocked himself out when he dove into the water and when he looked up they were hanging. That one was funny because it's like he must have seen the um, the reflection of the berries in the water and thought that they were in the water so he dove in. That one was cool that one made me chuckle. But anyways, I had fun to share these with you, and miigwech to whoever shared these stories so long ago, man. These ones are some old stories. Probably, probably transferred from the microfiche. The microfiche from... uh, Is it microfiche? Microfuge? What the fuck is that stuff? Remember you used to put it in the library on this table that lit up and you could see all of the writing on like a piece of plastic paper or something anyways well it's not paper it's plastic but anyways yeah oh look here's one Is why porcupine has quills long ago when the world was young porcupine had no quills and one day when porcupine was in the woods bear came along and wanted to eat him, but Porcupine climbed to the top of a tree and was safe. The next day, when Porcupine was under a hawthorn tree, he noticed how the thorns pricked him. He had an idea. He broke off some of the branches of the hawthorn and put them on his back. Then he went into the woods and waited for bear. <laughs> When Bear sprang on Porcupine and the little animal curled himself into a ball, Bear had to go away for the thorns pricked him very much. Nanabuju saw what happened. He called Porcupine and he asked him, how did you know that trick? I am always in danger when Bear comes along, replied Porcupine. When I saw those thorns, I thought I would use them. So Nanabuju took some branches from a hawthorn tree and peeled off the bark until they were white. Then he put some clay on the back of porcupine and stuck the thorns in it and made it as part of his skin. Now go into the woods, said Nanabujo. Porcupine obeyed and Nanabuju hid himself behind a tree and soon wolf came along. And he sprang upon porcupine and then ran away howling. Bear came along, but he did not get near porcupine. He was afraid of those thorns. And that is why all porcupines have quills today. Hey, what then? (laughs) That one was funny. Okay, so that one was shared by a man named George E. Laidlaw, Ojibwe myths and tales, cited in Ella E. Clark, Indian Legends of Canada. That's where that one came from. Miigwech and um geez okay so then i have another story that i heard a long time ago let's see if i if if i can remember it um oh oh man i'm gonna have to find that one. it's about grandmother spider nap and how they found the sun or how they brought the sun i have to remember that one Gosh, I don't remember where I got that one from. But anyways, that one about the spider. Let me see. Weaver. Uh, I'll have to look for it. I heard it on, um, uh, geez, uh, on Channel 5. There's like, well, not even Channel 5 anymore on the PBS. Like now they have a bunch of different stations like on, you know, on the digital that you can get like on what they call normal TV instead of the um instead of that uh what is it called that satellite TV or whatever this one is just for like the poor people you know and certain certain TV shows are still um are still like broadcast on regular TV like without dish network or netflix or none of those things anyways um i got that story about the sun i have to find it again from there one of the like there's um there's a native american channel and it has all of these um it has all kinds of stuff about natives and i think it comes like from canada you know like it's like produced in Canada or whatever, like they have native in the big city or big city native in the woods, some crazy stuff like that, and I got that story from there, but this was like a few years back already a few years back, and I remember hearing that about how they <sighs> it's kind of like the it's kind of like the creation story the the creation story. Of the Ojibwe, where, um, let's see, so there was no sun. And the people in the stars kept the sun to themselves. So it was always cold. It was always cold on Earth. And it was always dark. And One day the animals got together and they said that they wanted to be warm. They wanted the sun or something and they sent their greatest flyers to the you know they sent the greatest flyers to go get the to go get a piece of the star to go get a piece of the sun and bring it back to earth so that they could have light and warmth. And each each bird, each of the great flyers, they went up like um condor, the condor went up there, and he flew as high as he could, man, and the giants in the sky, he snatched a piece of the sun and he put it on his head, and it burned his it burned him bald. And that's why the condor has a bald head. And the giants took it away from him. So he came down and and he couldn't do it. He came back down to earth and his head was burned and the the people took him and or the animals took him and put salve on his head so that he would heal. But that's why Condor. Doesn't have any hair and any feathers on his head anymore. And then there's um, oh jeez. Anyways, there's a series of animals that go and each come back, and each one was singed by the by the fire. Of the sun, but the giants who lived in the sky would defeat them and take away what little bit of the sun they tried to take with them back home. And then finally, grandmother spider decides. Finally, grandmother spider decides to go, and she says, "I'm small; they will not notice me." And they said, "But you know, do you think?" and yeah. Okay. So everybody agreed. Yeah, let her go. We've all tried and failed, and they see us and they take it away from us, and we end up getting hurt. So grandmother spider goes, man, and she takes her basket with her, and she puts her basket on her back. She gets to the. She gets to the land of the giants, man, and it's warm. And she she slips past the giant. Right under their legs. They didn't even notice her. Right under their legs, right through them. And she goes and she webs. She weaves a web and she grabs some of the sun and she throws it in her basket. She takes off and one of the giants just happens to notice her. They chase her. And they chased her but grandma spider is too fast for them and she made it she made it past them and she made it down to the earth and she brought the earth a piece of the sun something like that i can't remember <laughs> and i wish i could remember it because there's more than one bird there's you know what i mean that each go up there one goes up there and he gets balded because the sun was too hot i think mole goes up there there's all kinds of them there's like at least three or four of them that go before the spider did and that's how the earth got their sun got the sun and um because a long time ago it was in darkness anyways that's all i got for now guys um shoot You know where I'm at, man. Um, Ignatius Celeste is where I'm trying to put this out at on the Facebook. So if you follow me, um, I'm there. Thanks again. You've been listening to um, Storytime on TMI with Iggy. And you know I love you guys all very much. And I hope you guys have a beautiful day and um, I'd love to hear some of the stories that you all have, that's for sure. Um, But for now, that's all we got. And I'm going to leave you with this as usual. Miigwetch. Phone charging slowly.